Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. And now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 2, 11 through 18, called The Walls Fall Down in Christ. How is the church doing in terms of the walls coming down? Are there walls that we could help come down in the body of Christ? I'm not just talking about at living truth. I'm talking about in the community. If, if our testimony to the world is based upon the love and unity in the church, and, I'm, and I know that you and I would agree that we have to agree on the essentials, right? We're not going to charge up the same hill with people who deny the deity of Christ or the Trinity, etc. But when we're talking about non-essentials, when we're talking about the unity of the body of Christ, it's important. The walls have to come down. In World War II, a group of American soldiers had lost their buddy in battle. They carried his body to the only cemetery in the area, which happened to be Catholic. When the priest was told that the dead man was not a Catholic, he said, I'm sorry, but he cannot be buried here. The disheartened and discouraged soldiers decided to do what they thought was next best, and during the night they buried their comrade just outside the cemetery fence. They returned the next morning to pay their last respects, but they could not find the grave outside the fence. When they told the priest of their quandary, he said, the first part of the night I stayed awake sorry for what I told you. The second part of the night I spent moving the fence. Sounds to me like moving the fence is what we need to do. Sometimes we can let things, harshness and petty things, cause the fence to stay up. This middle wall of separation is actually a reference probably to the Gentile court. There were, uh, in the temple, it was surrounded by three courts, the court of Israel, the second court was the court of the women, and the outer court was the court of the Gentiles. And there was a little dividing wall, you can see it in some of the temple models, that kept the Gentiles out. And this is where they set up uh, the bazaar of Annas when they were selling all of the money changers and what Jesus got upset about. And so there was a warning on the wall. It was found in, uh, this inscription was found in 1871 and 1934. It said, quote, no foreigner or Gentile may enter within the barricade which surrounds the sanctuary and enclosure. Anyone who is caught so doing will have himself to blame for his ensuing death. If you were a Gentile and you wanted to draw near to God, you could not pass by that little wall. A rabbinic writer tells of an incident that exposes the common Jewish attitude towards Gentiles. A certain Gentile woman came to Rabbi Eleazar, confessed that she was sinful, and told him that she wanted to become righteous. She wanted to be accepted into the Jewish faith because she had heard that the Jews were near to God. The rabbi is said to have responded, no, you cannot come near and he shut the door in her face, close quote. Sometimes we wonder when people come and visit the church and they're not like us, they don't look like us, what kind of vibe do we send to those people? If they show up and they don't look the way that we think that they should look, is our first judgment looking at the cover 
Are we quick to marginalize them and say, like James chapter 2 says, if the man's dressed in fine clothing, oh, you come and sit over here, but the poor man, oh, you're going to sit at my feet. You'll be my footstool. Do we make those kinds of decisions, whether we do it consciously or subconsciously? See, this is the message. Jesus Christ has abolished 15. In his flesh, the enmity, the division, that which separated, the hostility is the word enmity here, the opposition. Jesus has abolished that. He has nullified it in his flesh, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, that in himself he might make the two into one new man, Jew and Gentile, thus establishing peace. All the ceremonial laws which distinguished and separated Jews from Gentiles were obliterated in Christ. Before Christ, these groups could not really eat together because of the restricted food laws, required washing, ceremonial contamination, but now those things are no longer. Some, someone once said that Paul... Uh, when he was speaking to a Gentile, he could talk to them and eat with them. There were, there were no other requirements. And, and when he was with a Jewish person, he could, he could talk with them in that way. He had become all things to all men by, that by means of that he might win some of them. So we have to let some things fall down that are not as important so that we can reach people for Christ. Some of those walls. Oh, this person wears that. Or looks like this. Who cares? Let God work on their heart. You know, that's largely the story of Calvary Chapel. Uh, Pastor Chuck tells a story that uh, he showed up and there was a sign over the door that said, if you don't have, what was it, shoes or shirt on, you can't come in. And he took the sign down before the church service started. Basically said, then rip out the carpet. I'd rather have these guys come in who need to hear about the Lord than you worry about your carpet and whether or not they have dirty feet. And what a move of God. What did God do when those walls came down, when God took a man and his wife, which I understand Kay was probably a little bit more open to the hippies than Chuck was. I think Chuck, from his own lips, I heard him say, was a little kind of like, I don't know. And it was his wife who convinced him to uh, open the church and his heart to them. And, and the story continues. I mean, thousands of Calvary chapels all over the world now. Because it wasn't about the exterior. It wasn't about, you know, that everybody has to look like we look in order for this to be correct. You see, all the walls come down in Jesus Christ. And that he might reconcile them, 16 both in one body to God, notice, through the cross. The enmity dies at the cross. By it having put to death or slaying or destroying the enmity. See, what Jesus did was when he died on the cross, he said, all ground is level at the cross. Everybody's going to come the same way. Everybody. I don't care what your bank account says. I don't care what you are in terms of your position in society. Everybody's coming the same way. Jew, Gentile, amen, you can clap for that. Male, female, black, white, red, purple, yellow. We are all precious in his sight. All that stuff is gone in Jesus Christ. And we are one new community a community of light, a community of harmony. 
He has reconciled us to one another in his body, reconciled them both in one body to God. And now we have a ministry of reconciliation. When my boy in the back was young, I used to teach him Bible verses, sometimes in the bathtub. And I would try to use Charles Stanley's voice sometimes. And I'd say, God, he'd say, God, has given us, given us, the ministry, ministry, of reconciliation. Reconciliation. Sorry, Shane. (laughs) He had a cute little Boston accent. We have no idea where it came from. Classically uh, spoken one time when he looked at a friend of mine who was about 6'2", looked at me, looked at my friend, looked at me and said, Dad, why are you so short? Anyway. (laughs) How can we preach a ministry of reconciliation if we can't be reconciled? How can we do that? How can we go to the world and say, be ye reconciled to God if we can't be reconciled? Now, Jesus said, if therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar. Go your way, first be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. Here's the caveat. Some of you have tried with certain people and they won't be reconciled to you. And here's a key verse. I want to give it to you because I think it will encourage some of you. Romans 12, 18 says, as far as it is possible, or as much as it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. As far as it depends on you. So look, we've all had relationships that have gone south. Let's just face it. And if you haven't, you will. Okay? The longer you live... Inevitably, some relationships go south. But as much as it depends on you, you're to be reconciled to that person. But if they won't be reconciled to you, there's nothing you can do. You can pray for them. You can try. But as a whole, as the church, we have a ministry. This is 2 Corinthians 5. Just write it down for your notes. Read it later. 14 through 21. A lot in there. But it basically says that's our ministry. It's as though God were pleading through us for people to be reconciled to God. And Jesus came and preached peace, 17, to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, this is Ephesians 2.18, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. Jesus came preaching a message You know what his message was? He came to preach reconciliation. He came to preach peace. That's why he went to the Samaritan woman and they said, what is he doing? She's a Samaritan. She's a woman. And the walls came down. See, Jesus knocked down walls that people were afraid of. He knocked down walls about Sabbath observance that had become so much about legalism. He knocked down a bunch of walls to show people that the main thing that God cares about is not the walls that man erects, but God cares about the heart. And I have a question, and my question is this. What walls need to come down more so we can let more of God in? 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance would like to invite you to our next 633 event called On the Brink, A Warning to America. I can't think of anything more relevant and more that needs explanation and clarification and illumination than the topic of Marxism, socialism, and communism. The next 633 event will be August 22nd at 630 with guest pastor Christian Ionesco. He's a Chicago pastor who fled persecution in communist Romania and really became a religious refugee in America. Now he is saying that he is seeing signs in America, similar things that were happening in Romania as they were being prepped to really transfer over to communism. Learn more about this next 633 event on walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. It's as though God were pleading through us for people to be reconciled to God. And Jesus came and preached peace, 17, to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him, this is Ephesians 2.18, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. Jesus came preaching a message You know what his message was? He came to preach reconciliation. He came to preach peace. That's why he went to the Samaritan woman and they said, what is he doing? She's a Samaritan. She's a woman. And the walls came down. See, Jesus knocked down walls that people were afraid of. He knocked down walls about Sabbath observance that had become so much about legalism. He knocked down a bunch of walls to show people that the main thing that God cares about is not the walls that man erects, but God cares about the heart. And I have a question, and my question is this. What walls need to come down more so we can let more of God in? In our own hearts, in our own lives. Now, we're going to end in Isaiah this is where Paul quotes from. This is Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57. Lots of the New Testament quotations, when you see them italicized in your Bible, look, look in your margin and see where they come from and you'll find some interesting stuff. So this is where we're going to end tonight, Isaiah 57. We're going to start in verse 13 and I want you to see the context of the quote. It's very revealing. God says, Isaiah 57, 13, when you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you, 57.13. But the wind will carry all, all of them up, and a breath will take them away. But he who takes refuge in me shall inherit the land and shall possess my holy mountain, 57.14. And it shall be said, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstacle out of the way of my people. For thus says the high and exalted one, who lives forever, whose name is holy, I dwell on a high and holy place. And also with the contrite 
and lowly of spirit, in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. For I will not contend forever, neither will I always be angry, for the spirit would grow faint before me and the breath of those whom I have made. Because of the iniquity and of his unjust gain, I was angry and struck him. I hid my face and was angry, and he went on turning away in the way of his heart. I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him and restore comfort to him and to his mourners, creating the praise of the lips. And here's our quote. Peace, there's a double shalom. Peace to him who is far and to him who is near, says the Lord. And I will heal him. But the wicked are like the tossing sea. It cannot be quiet. Its waters toss up refuse and mud. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. And so here's the message. You either come to the Prince of Peace and into the community of peace, or you have no peace. You see, the world's peace is pseudo, it's temporary, but you and I have the peace of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, He is my peace who has broken down every wall. He is our peace. And in Him, walls come down. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for this new community of saints. Thank You that You've made us alive we who formerly were far off, separated from Christ, strangers to the covenants. But now in Christ, we have everything. And we are not only reconciled to you vertically, but we are reconciled to one another horizontally. So many things have happened since we came to Christ. Many relationships have been reconciled. Marriages have been healed. There's been sometimes friendships and even races where there were once huge walls, they have been reconciled. And in the true body of Christ, there is a sweet refrain, you're my brother, you're my sister. We are one in Jesus Christ. I think it's the most beautiful thing on the planet. I think the body of Christ being one is such a wonderful testimony. You said, Lord, yourself, that the world would know that your Father sent you into the world as we are one and as we love each other. Father, forgive us for the times that we have erected walls unnecessarily. Forgive us for the times that we've hurt each other. Forgive us for the times that we have somehow manifested, rather than being your workmanship, we were our own (laughs) workmanship. Help us to be the vessels through which you can express yourself to this world. That's not a singular endeavor. It's the endeavor of the body of Christ. And I know that's your main concern in this world is your people. You love the lost, but you have a special relationship with your church. And I know you're conforming us and molding us more into the image of yourself. So help us to be more like you. That we might have a testimony in this world, one of truth, but one of love. That the world may know.
that you are real, that you are true, and that you are life. If you're here and you've not met Jesus, he is a prayer away. You're going to be separated from him until you come to him. You have to come through his cross. It's already paid. You just have to accept, receive it, turn away from your sin tonight and trust in him. You don't have to have a perfect prayer, but it's something like this. Lord Jesus, I believe. If it's you, say it to him right now. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I turn away from my sin and I trust in you. Father, for the saints that are here that there's some faces that came to their heart and mind tonight about irreconciled situations. Some of them can be remedied. Some of them are going to take time. But I just pray that tonight you'll help us to be about your business. And I want to thank you for the sweet saints that I can call family in this precious body. And I just want to say I love you and I say that on behalf of this church as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to The Walls Fall Down in Christ, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 2, 11 through 18. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you could listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Pastor Michael would like you to mark your calendar for August 22nd for our next 633 event. More details to come, and we're very excited to let you know who our next guest speaker will be. But for now, remember August 22nd. Our 633 apologetic events are free for you to attend, both in person and on our live stream. We open the floor so you can ask questions too. So if you've not seen one of our 633 events, you can watch previous ones on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, when the walls fall down in Christ, it's such a beautiful thing because then there's no more divisions, worldly divisions between people. See, when we have a biblical worldview, we look at the church the way that God sees it. We look at other people the way that God sees us. And what that means is that walls can fall down. The things that divide us don't have to divide us because we are one in Christ. And Jesus in his great high priestly prayer, indeed what we would genuinely call the Lord's Prayer, John 17, prayed that we would be one, get this, as the Father and the Son are one, that we would be perfected in unity. Man, that's that's such a great prayer to pray. And you know, we can be an answer to that prayer that Jesus prayed as we are unified and one in Christ. God help us to do a better job with that. Well, we've been telling you about a 633 Sunday evening event that we're having at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, where I serve as senior pastor in Corona, California. And our special guest is Pastor Christian Ionescu. Now, he's a Romanian immigrant who fled to the United States, escaping communism in Romania. Pastors a church in Chicago, went through some stuff with the city there during COVID, and uh, he'll tell us more about that. But he fled communism, socialism, Marxism. And he says, I see the same thing happening in the United States that was happening in Romania and kind of the buildup to their switch to communism, which devastated so many people. And so he will be at Living Truth here in Southern California 
on August the 22nd at 6.33 in the evening, a special apologetics evening to talk about socialism, communism, Marxism. What is it? What do those things really mean? Where did it come from? What's the impact on a society? Are you taking a look at Cuba right now? Man, we need to understand the times and know what the church ought to do, how we can be salt and light. And this is happening August 22nd, 633. And it's happening at Living Truth 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona. Now, it will also live stream for those of you who, who are out of the area. But for those of you who can get here, please be here. It's going to be a very rich, powerful night that you don't want to miss. We do have a time of Q&A as well with Pastor Christian. And you can find out information and driving directions when you go to walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab and you'll get info on how to get to the church, walkintruth.com. Or you can always call 844-48-TRUTH. God bless you. Hey, make sure when you go to the website, you click on the 633 events tab as well to get more information about that night. And Lord willing, we'll see you right here tomorrow for more on God's household. And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, called God's Household or My Father's House. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.